and welcome back to the After Overtime Podcast with your host, Tyler Lighty, and producer, co-host extraordinaire, the man, the myth, the legend, the beard, the bald. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be back. It's been uh, been a minute. Yeah, it's been been a month plus, month and a half. Yeah, it sounds about right. I think beginning of December-ish was our last one. But we're not slacking. No, no, we've been busy. Yeah, we've been uh, working on our film. Uh, We still have probably... What would you say? Four four shoot dates. Yeah, that sounds four, right. Four or five, maybe. Four, four, four. Yeah, four days. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. We keep saying this. <laughs> yeah. We keep saying we're like, oh yeah, we probably have like three more shoot dates, and then we shoot the three days, and we're like, oh no, we probably have like three more shoot dates. Yeah, we're we're getting to the end now. We're getting there. Shooting at least. Yeah, Plenty shooting. More to the do. editing will be a while, but everything we got right now is principal edited, so that's very nice. Yeah. So uh, you know, work to be done, but we figured, you know, while well, we have a free weekend. And uh, a little playoff football on to uh, let you guys in on some of the sports takes. Yeah. I figure what better way to get it. Hell of a talk about. It's been crazy. Yeah. All, all sports across the board pretty much. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I mean, I guess. I feel basketball is probably the most. I don't know. I mean, we're in the football football playoffs, so we could always I guess go let's there. start. Let's start with football playoffs. All right. Let's do it. This is a schedule. I'm doing an impromptu schedule right now. We're going to do football playoffs, uh, football coaching basketball moves and then i want to talk a little hockey at the end too sounds good and to just me. some stuff you've seen through the first couple games and then we probably won't do lighty's locks today i'll just give you bets some, throughout the show some quick fire which by the way i feel very bad for you guys um since i've been off the air my betting has gone up i've gone <laughs> from a, a below average better to a above average hit a, better. Nice, hit a nice little hot streak these last couple weeks you yeah. had a good good night last night too yeah had a good night last night thank you flyers um i hit a nice parlay on new year's eve that was really beautiful yeah that's um, a nice little holiday yeah. surprise everyone out. was yelling at me to cash out but <laughs> big t don't cash out <laughs> nah he stays in so i guess let's go over football uh, first thing, what we are in are the playoffs, obviously. Mm-hmm. And today we have – we're recording this Saturday morning, by the way, hoping to have this up a little later in the day Saturday. We have two games today, two games tomorrow. Uh, I'll quick recap what happened last week. Uh, Rams beat the Seahawks in pretty easy fashion, 30-20. to 20, Showed out uh, how strong that defense really is with Donald, Floyd, and Brockers up front. The Green Bay Packers had a bye. Uh Baltimore beat a very good Tennessee Titans team in a, if I'm not mistaken, 20 to 13 game. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, really close. Uh, Lamar finally showed what we actually talked about on the podcast months ago, that playoff game where he doesn't have to be outstanding, but just you can win a playoff game because you won it. Yeah. Like, no one in that Ravens game went out and won that game outside of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no, good all-around team effort. He did what he had to do, which I think for a young quarterback in his second year is the most important thing. Just get the job done. Don't be the star if you don't have yeah. to. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we saw the Bills beat the Colts. Not surprising. Bills have been on a hot streak. Um, you and me have been pretty down on the Colts. Not pretty down. We had said um, maybe a month and a half ago when the Colts had overtaken that division – I thought Tennessee would end up winning the division, which they did, but the Colts still got into the playoffs. Um, they definitely put up a good fight uh, in classic Phillip Rivers form. He had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to come back and made it look good. So, you know, there's always that. You know, gotta love Phillip. Go make baby number 10. Yeah, they, they made it close, though. Yeah. Uh, Saints beat the Bears 21-9, to and the score would not indicate how much of a one-sided a affair beating. it really was. Bears scored with literally no time on the clock. Um, and then they didn't have to kick the extra point, which I felt was weird because remember when Diggs scored the Minneapolis miracle, they, they made, made the come. Vikings kick the extra oh, that's point. Weird. That is interesting. I don't know. I'll tell you what. Now it didn't, I'll tell you why they didn't do it. It didn't affect the spread because the uh, spread on the game was 10 and a half. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it makes and sense because, they and because there was no time left. Like if there was time on the clock, the bears would have gone for two, which would have affected the spread. Because it then would have been a 10-point game. Yeah, that really ought to be a, a uniform rule, though. I agree. I agree. Crazy. You can't They're enforce it sometimes. And not yeah. Uh, then my the best two games of the weekend last weekend, um, I'll start with what probably is disappointing uh, uh, maybe like 30% of our listeners. Those Cleveland Browns with a beautiful upset. 
Um, going out 28 nothing in the first quarter like they were slapping down a challenge in a bar in the Old West. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh made a little bit of a fight at the end, but they were never really like – they were a score away from striking distance kind yeah. of after that first quarter they got in that range, but never really too much pressure. Yeah, it never felt like they were in the game. It felt like – they were chasing. It felt like they were chasing, and it felt like Big Ben was just going to throw the ball 70 times, which he almost did. I think he threw mm-hmm. it 68. Yeah, no, that was, that was not a uh, – Definitely not good for him. Yeah. Um, but he threw the ball a ton, obviously, because they were down 28 nothing. Mm-hmm. But at some point, like, I remembered I turned off the game at work the next day, and I turned it back on, and it was like 35-23. Um and you were kind of like, oh, Pittsburgh gets a stop here, then get back in the game. And the Browns just went play action, play action, play action, screen, and Chubb scored a touchdown, and then like that, it was like, like Claypool scored right after that for the Steelers, but after that touchdown from Chubb, you were like, this that's the game. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't really have too much of a, uh, you know, I, I, they they were just in control. They looked they looked prepared. They looked ready. It was just exactly if you're a Browns fan, you're just teaming all yeah. week. You're Without ready, a head coach. Ready to go. Yeah, no, that too. That'll be interesting. I mean, obviously you'd rather have your head coach there at all times, but they really just they were flowing against a, a division rival good team last week. You you gotta wonder what the switch mm. up will be like. Yeah. Against the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah. And then uh the last game of last weekend, which was my favorite game. Uh, Taylor Heineke taking it to the Buccaneers, almost beating a Tom Brady-led team. Uh, for all of you that think Tampa Bay is going to go deep in the playoffs, that's going to be put to rest tomorrow when the Saints beat them. But, you know, I guess it was pretty nice for them to beat a Washington, a 7-9 Washington football team and a fourth-string quarterback by what I think was eight points. Yeah, well, it was 23-31. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it should be a... I'm excited to see the game. You never know. Brady might race, rise to the occasion. In terms I think of, it's going to be a very good yeah. game, but I don't think there's a chance in hell they win it. Yeah, no. I mean, if I had a gun to my head, I'm probably picking the same thing, but we'll see. I mean, uh, it's Tom Brady. You never know. No, you don't ever know. And um, I don't know what is the status on Devin White this weekend. Is he out? I don't know. I don't know his injury. He's been out for a couple weeks, but I... I mean, we've been so busy, I've yet to, like, be able to look at an injury report. Yeah, it looks like he's playing. Oh, he is? Ready? That's big for Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's huge. Like, re- whether people want to admit it or not, I know everyone thinks Shaq Barrett's, um, like, their D-line's very good, Shaq uh-huh. Barrett, Pierre Paul, and uh, Sue. But the most important player on that defense is Devin White. Guy's a tackling machine, and he's an amazing coverage linebacker, which is you need someone that can rap and someone that can cover against those Saints running backs, um, especially Kamara. But I think the Saints are just going to overpower them. It's a pretty good transition into this game, actually. Yeah, let's do it. But I'm going to acknowledge the transition to make it up. So what we're looking at this weekend between the Saints and Bucks is a division playoff game, which, as anyone will tell you, division playoff games are much different than any other game you're going to play because never in football will you ever play a team three times in one year unless they're in your division and you see them in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and anything like people don't believe it anything can really happen you saw two of them last weekend you saw ram saints which every saint uh seahawks or did i say ram saints ram seahawks yeah yeah ram seahawks you saw last weekend which in which the seahawks were favored and lost by double digits Mm -hmm. and then you saw uh, Brown Steelers, in which the Steelers were favored, and Browns won by double digits. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you get that rivalry, that familiarity, it's like it's just one extra factor of the game that you normally don't have to worry about. That that I feel like that sort of thing, you know, generally gives. It's kind of like bad weather, you know what mm, I mean? It's like it gives mm. the advantage to the lesser skilled team because you're kind of just evening the playing fields a little bit. Yeah, it reminds me of that game last year, Washington San Francisco in the regular season, mm-hmm. where it was a torrential downpour. Yeah, exactly. And you couldn't do anything. <laughs> Not to that extreme, but when you kind of can start ham, when both teams kind of start hamstringing all the things they want to go to because they know they're going to do that. Then you kind of you know, when you're when you're both teams are relying on your third stringers, that that uh you know helps out the team with the worst first stringers. You're not you're not wrong. <laughs> I would say this though, I still see an advantage for the Saints here. In, in fact, that like I've said, I don't like to play a team three times in a year. If mm-hmm. I was a head coach, I would not want that. But the Saints beat them week one. Uh, I want to say by a touchdown plus. 
Uh, 11 points. 11 points, thank you. And then they beat them in week 12 or something like that, 38-3. to It was a slaughter, am I correct? I'm not seeing it. Yeah, 38-3. to 38-3. It was an absolute slaughter. Now, that second game, they didn't have Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Now the Saints get back their number one receiver. Taysom Hill is healthy, and we've now seen he is not starting anymore, so he's getting... Uh, back to those X-Factor yeah. type reps. Alvin Kamara is fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray is fully healthy. The line is pretty stud right now. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders seems to have really come on the offense. And last week, they used that kid number 11, Harris, all over the field. Mm-hmm. Little speedster guy. And I just don't think Tampa Bay has enough on defense to contain them. Like, Tampa Bay secondary is pretty weak to me. Like, the best player in their secondary is the w- rookie Winfield uh, out of Minnesota. And he, he's impressive, but he's not ready for this. Yeah, I was going to say, you never want, want to be putting that much eggs in, your, in a rookie basket. Exactly. And then I think I look at the Tampa Bay offense. Okay, Tampa Bay offense is stacked. But the Saints defense has played really good this year. And where Tampa Bay seems to thrive is obviously passes right on the sideline or over the middle. They mm-hmm. seem to thrive in slot when they put Godwin or Scotty Miller in the slot, and they seem to be thriving on sideline passes to Evans and Brown. Yeah. Like specifically, that seems to be what they're doing. But Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best corners in the NFL, um, does play streaky, but he seems to have Mike Evans' number his entire career. Every time they match up, he really puts the clamps on Mikey Mike. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's he's one of the most – he's one of the – most fun defensive players in the league to watch Lattimore. When he gets his, like, you know, claws into somebody, it's crazy. I, I would love to see that battle this week turn into something. Hopefully not just straight up one-sided for Lattimore. I'd love to see a battle like that between those two guys this week. I would love to. I think it'd be really entertaining to watch them both go at it. Um, s- spread on this game is minus three. I would take Saints That's minus tight. three. Yeah. I would take that. Um, if you want to get a little bold, I would take Saints – to win one to thirteen, I bet you those are plus odds right there. Yeah, I don't um, hate that either. I no. think that's a good a little pocket. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think the Saints will have a good control yeah. of this game. If I yeah, I, I would agree with you, but you always got the Tom Brady factor. Mm-hmm. And funny us talking, uh, you know, Lattimore Mike Evans is going to be an amazing cornerback wide receiver matchup. Mm-hmm. You get to see a ton of great individual matchups in the postseason, but I don't even think it's the best one this weekend. Jump into the other conference. You got Jalen Ramsey. Maybe the best corner of football this year versus Devontae Adams. Maybe yeah. the best wide receiver in the league this year. Yeah, that, that'll get a little spicier too, generally. And if oh, that J- will definitely Jalen Ramsey related, he's ready to, uh, you know, start throwing hands or something. I, I, I love that dude. That man, that man's ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's all over the place. But yeah, no, I mean, that'll be just as good to watch and uh, a little more consider. I feel like Jay, you're, you're more likely to see a. See a battle there for some reason. I don't even no, know. No, I agree. Because I do think at the, the end of the day, like, the thing about Lattimore-Evans is, on paper, you look at Evans and you're like, okay, all of his body measures should beat Lattimore. But Lattimore's game, that creepy crawly-type corner and man coverage, really affects Evans in a, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Whereas this matchup is a lot more even. Jalen Ramsey's lanky. He wants to get on top of you and run with you downfield in tight man. Devontae Adams is one of the best, if not the best, route runner in the NFL. When you run routes correctly, you create massive separation. Mm -hmm. So it's really going to be a battle of Jalen Ramsey's lankiness trying Mm -hmm. to cover Adams versus the separation factor that Devontae has. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the route running thing is the thing you it's it's one of those things that seems stupid and obvious you know what i mean obviously yeah. you have to run where they told you to run but even the best wide receivers aren't always good at that so yeah no that technical thing can just we'll, we'll see how that turns out i mean the athleticism of ramsey is hard to hard to top but we'll see it's gonna be interesting yeah absolutely um i'm psyched and psyched i think it's gonna come down to that because i really do think the the rams have a very solid front against run and pass mm-hmm. like Aaron Jones. I don't think is going to have a big game today. Watch. I say that Aaron Jones will have 203 <laughs> touchdowns, but I think this is going to really come down to this is maybe the last real shot Rogers has. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's surprisingly old when you look at him. He is. He's and like he, 40. and in my opinion, it's either him or Josh Allen for MVP this year. I think it's Rogers personally. Yeah. Nothing against Allen. I just think Rogers is, much more important to his team. 
but how many how many does Rogers have? MVPs? MVPs? Yeah. I think he's got one. Maybe two. Maybe two. That's interesting. I'll look it up for you real quick. But the thing is, when you look across the playoff plane, especially in the NFC, I mean, they have the Rams this week. They should beat the Rams. I'm going to say that right now. Green Bay, six and a half points favorites. Not only would I take Green Bay to cover that spread, I would even take Green Bay double digits. I took an advanced spread of Green Bay nine and a half. Because I think we're looking at an 11, 12 point game. I think we're looking at maybe, uh, you know, 270 from Rodgers with uh, two, three touchdowns. I like that. I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. I definitely uh, would rather see him get, get a little deep than uh, the Rams team. They've, they've, they had their, uh, their go. It's just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I have no love for the Rams team, really. Uh, and Rodgers is like, you know, when, uh, it's interesting to see. I would, I would like how many MVPs does Brett Favre have? Also, see, I don't even know if Brett Favre has an MVP. Should I just look up list of list of NFL MVPs? MVPs. Now listen, because I know you know Favre had the one Super Bowl kind of early in his career. Also, and without then middled for a while. Yeah, without even noticing, I did it. I just did the most dad like thing you'll ever see, where I fucking read what I was typing on my time. phone yeah. word by word. Uh huh. It was. I'm ashamed of myself. Classic. So was it the AP AP NFL award, right? Oh, I don't even know. Why is it? It's like, but it is just interesting. Okay, here we We got it. No, no, this is sporting news NFL player of the year. I don't want this. I want the the AP present to an MVP since 57. Yeah, that's what I want. This is ridiculous. They're like sending me on. Okay, here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Brett Favre has three MVPs. Peyton Manning leads with five. Okay, right. This is wor- this is right. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers has an MVP in 2014 and an MVP in 2011. So he's got two. I think he probably has three this year. So it's interesting. <laughs> you know, they both – Rodgers and Favre both win one early in their career. Mm-hmm. They're – you know, he's on his track to get the, the – But the, the difference the- – I, I will say the difference between – Rogers it's and, parallel for like two yeah. guys who butted heads so much in that interim period. Well, it's the same thing as Bart Starr. Like you can go, Bart Starr won early in his career two bowls, and then was not middling. But yeah. no, I mean none of the quarterbacks themselves have been middling. I just yeah. mean where the teams have finished for the rest of their careers. Well, and especially I think you're starting to see history really repeat itself now with the Packers because going into the season it was oh we're just you know another one like one or two pieces away. And then they drafted Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, which was... is oddly reminiscent of when Brett Favre's team was a couple pieces away, and they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the chances of doing that the third times, that would be uh, that would be Penguin esque with the, uh, mm. you know, what's his name? Love. No, I'm talking about uh, the, the the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, going Yager, and then, or no. Lemieux, and then drafted Yager while he was on the end of his mm-hmm. career, and then when Yager Crosby. was on his way out, they draft Crosby and Malkin and Matt or uh, Flurry. So if they can do that a third time, that would be uh, that'd be something. It would be impressive, especially because uh, most of the league has no idea what the fuck they're doing drafting quarterbacks. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta. It's about development, I think. Yeah, you no, have to have I, the right system. I agree with you a big part in that because we have seen guys that there's no reason they should not have worked out, go to teams like the Browns and the Jags. And yeah, just been it's, dog it's, shit. it's talent, but you also just got to know how to develop guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, the Packers seem to have a very good system for just creating solid teams over the years. Uh, it's a very proud organization. Yeah, absolutely. But you're really looking at maybe his last, his last real shot because he's got a solid defense this year. I mean – Jair Alexander, who I've been super high on at cornerback, uh, and Kevin King, who's also there out of Iowa, they have solid corners. They actually have a really good defense for once. And while Aaron Rodgers could have used another receiver, uh, he really used Devontae Adams this year. He uses tight end Tanya. This is how this guy deserves MVP. Nothing against the Bills don't have a ton of weapons outside of Diggs either, but I would rather take Buffalo's offense I think than Green Bay's outside of Devontae and, and Aaron Jones is solid, but I do think he's a little overrated. But like, um, he's even injury prone. I mean, Jamal Williams isn't that great of a back when you really take him out of the offensive system. Marquise Valdez Scantling drops balls more than I drop popsicles out of the freezer. <laughs> uh, Robert Tanyan's not a great tight end. I mean, he's very good in the red zone. 
But again, I mean, you just see guys being elevated by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think you're looking at you're looking at a game where they should easily beat this Rams team. Then next weekend, you're gonna have probably if these predictions come true, Aaron Rodgers breeze, which is maybe the biggest. It's almost the Brady Manning of the NFC. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, that that that's gonna be. I mean, it's weird to even say or, uh, Brady in the NFC. Um. Yeah, yeah. No. It's gonna be. Uh, Either uh, way, it's gonna be like, one of the best. There's the showdown of yeah. uh, maybe the last showdown of these two two legends. If things go the way they're looking to go, you're looking at every these next three weekends. You're going to see three of the best playoff quarterback matchups in history. You get Brady Breeze this weekend. Then next weekend, you're either gonna get Rogers Breeze if if the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. win or Rogers Brady. Either either of those have yeah no that's uh t- capability to be great yeah and then let's just say Patrick Mahomes gets to the Super Bowl yeah you're gonna have Mahomes versus Rodgers Brady or Breeze yeah no that's uh that's something man that's that's just excellent it's it's cool I mean and the four of the like absolute already we know Hall of Famers four. At least right there. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is the only one that's not definite, and it's and only, only because he if, hasn't been in the league. If, the only way that he doesn't make the Hall of Fame is if his leg gets shredded. Yeah, like, right? Like, like three years. Like, that's the only chance. So, yeah. I think Green Bay wins this weekend. Um, I think they're really going to expose the middle of the Rams' defense. I think the Rams lack uh, solid coverage linebackers. I think it is possible you see Aaron Jones pop off in the screen game today. So that would be my big prediction. Aaron Jones maybe yeah, gets well, 60, 60, 70 receiving yards, pops a big one. Interesting. I still think Rodgers gets uh, 270 for two to three touchdowns. I think Robert Tanyan catches a touchdown uh, down low in the red zone without coverage linebackers on him. I hope you people are taking notes. You should be. <laughs> uh, let's jump to the AFC uh, where we got to – we'll go over the easy game first. Cleveland, Kansas City. Cleveland, you know, you guys had a great win last weekend. Super proud of you. Uh, as of right now, you have a better playoff winning percentage than the Patriots since the year <laughs> 2000. So good for you, one and zero. But it's just not. Yeah, no, you're coming up against yeah. the brick wall here. So we'll see. I mean, they if can... they somehow knock off the Chiefs, they're they're the Cinderella team. You yeah, know what I mean? No, definitely. That everybody will get behind them. Then um, that would be a hell of a lot of fun. I know my dad's rooting for him. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm definitely not hopeful, but I also don't think you know. A team like that, it's out of the realm of possibility. They're I do think they're – so their spread is 10. Yeah. I don't like that spread. Yeah, that seems crazy. It's a playoff game. <laughs> I do think – sorry, I got away from the mic there. I do think at the end of the day, um, if you're going to bet on that game, bet the over. The over is 57. That's going to be a super high-scoring game, I bet you. Um, the biggest problem Cleveland's going to have is scoring late. So, like, Cleveland's defense is solid – they won't hold down uh, the Kansas City offense. Jeez, uh-huh. real stutter there. Even though they get Denzel Ward back, um, like I had actually said this at work the other day. Like if you're the Browns, who do you even put Denzel Ward on? You get your number one cornerback, but who do you put him on? You think, okay, let's put him on Tyreek Hill. Well, yeah. Denzel Ward's going to get burnt by Hill. Yeah. Nothing against Ward. He doesn't no. have the speed. Yeah, you I'd gotta... put him on Kelsey. Yeah. Just because it's like, okay. You really just got to back all. You got to have two guys on Hill. You exactly. Why Why would you? Deep. That's what I said the other day. If you have yeah. a defensive strategy for this game, what you should really be doing is putting your second best or third best corner on Hill and just playing a safety over top and let, let Hill dominate you short. Yeah. But you can't let a big play come from him. And then put Denzel Ward on Kelsey and treat him like a receiver. If Kelsey big bodies Ward, okay, so what? You don't have a safety that can big body Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Yeah, no, I agree. But um, on the other end of the field, Kansas City has a really good uh, fourth quarter pass rush. And maybe, maybe I'll say this. I think he gets such undercredited. He should be top five for defensive player of the year this year. He won't win um, just because of the year that TJ Watt had and Aaron Donald had. I think the award's probably between them. Yeah. But Tyron Matthew. Does it year in and year out? Yeah, no, he's an absolute stud and does not get the recognition. Doesn't matter the system. Doesn't matter the, the players around him. He just gets it done. Uh, but, I mean, they have a good line. 
Uh, I have to look up some names real quick because my mind is fluttering eight different places. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. But they got Chris Jones in at D tackle, and they still have Frank Clark at defensive end. After that, um, I guess you could call it a swindling of the Seahawks two seasons. Yeah. Ago. <laughs> um, because Frank Clark, I think we all saw the talent, and yeah. Seattle just didn't want to pay him. He's got like a football name too. Like, yeah. Sounds like a guy who Frankie Clark <laughs> in the trenches. Down uh, in the trenches. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I got. I got minimal to add there. I'm. I'm on board. Yeah, and then the fourth playoff game, which I think it's tonight's game. I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend. I think you're looking at the future of NFL quarterbacks matchup here: Buffalo, Baltimore, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, mobile quarterback on mobile quarterback, big play on big play, turnover machine defense versus turnover machine defense. Yeah. No, it's kind of it's kind of the you know we used to have this the, the quarterback the two options for quarterback you know pocket passer and mobile guy and now it's you know mobile guy with speed or mobile guy like him who can truck through people like yeah. Josh Allen so it's interesting and exciting to see how that's that's really the way the game it's so clear that's the way the game is going there's no real true pocket passers coming up that are promising that much anymore um, yeah so. very few I mean Trevor Lawrence. Like, that's what's but weird. But we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll see if he, he he moves into some. I mean, it'd be odd to go the opposite way. We've seen everybody go from running a shit ton in college as a quarterback to having to lose that. And it might start going the other way a little bit. But it's even weird. It's like, even the guys that, like, I would say Trevor Lawrence is one of the best pure pocket passers I've seen since Andrew Luck at college. Right? But then, About like. Sam, Sam Darnold? No. I, I never thought <laughs> Sam Darnold was that great. And I, I just remember quote. hearing about him as a freshman, and that's what everybody was saying. And yeah, because he beat Penn State in that Rose Bowl, yeah. which was – it was really a Dory Jackson putting together one of the best returns you'll ever mm-hmm. see after Saquon had one of the best halves. In his yeah, team. no, I mean, he, he – uh, yeah, I just remember that. That was the – he was the next Andrew Luck type ca- uh, Bullshit. prospect. Yeah, because Colin Cowherd slobs his knob like corn <laughs> on the cob. It's ridiculous. He loves that man. But uh, – oh, well – while we're on the Jets, congratulations, good hire on uh, Robert Sala. Yeah, I do. I do feel like it's a weird thing that I'm seeing this year. It's a turn is uh, a wave of defensive coaches. I, I saw some a lot more interviews. I feel have been given to defensive coaches than I agree. years past. I don't know what to deal with that. So I would say this. I think what people are starting to realize is when you hire an offensive coach, like the last couple offensive coaches that have been huge hires, McVay, Shanahan. They're offensive prodigies. Yeah. There's not a ton of those that teams are willing to part with. So I think what a lot of people are doing, what I hope the Eagles actually end up doing, we were talking about this last night, they finally fired Dougie P. Can't call a play to save his life, Dougie P. Uh, Can't get a fourth and four conversion to save his life, Dougie P. Um, Nick Foles, you want to call the Philly special for me, Dougie P. Uh, I don't deserve a statue outside the link, Dougie P. Right, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting on board with this at this. I'm point. just saying. How, how about never was given an, an NFL wide receiver other than one season, Dougie? How P. about he didn't stand up in a draft room and say, "I want Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rieger, Dougie P." Yeah, the coach has something to do with drafting. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into yeah. it. But I've already been into it. But the thing is, when you really think about it, when you bring in a head coach. It becomes, I mean, we had a podcast earlier in the year that we literally named Coaching Matters. Like, Joe Judge was a really good coach this year at New York. He was a special teams coach. Yeah. When you bring in a coach like that, you need coordinators, experienced coordinators. Like, uh, what I think the best move for the Eagles possibly to do is, is to hire a guy like Deuce Staley, who's been in your organization for a long time, Mm -hmm. has the respect of all your players, get him as a head coach, and hire some young Court, you either you have to hire one experienced coordinator and one coordinator who is innovative. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what McVay did. McVay got his head coaching job. He knew he wasn't a defensive guy. Who'd he hire at first before they retired? Retired in quotes because they're now apparently unretired. Wade Phillips. Yeah. You went out there and got one of the best D coordinators of all time. I wonder, I wonder if it has something to do with, like... I mean, McVay is an exception because he's so heavily involved in the play calling. But I wonder if it is like a a notion of GMs or owners just like kind of being done with head coaches calling plays. I feel like it's a thing we see less and less. And although I do think it is also a thing that we are told that head coaches do more often than they do. But 
I do feel like, I mean, we see the struggle that happened here with Doug. Like, he should have been, that should have been taken away from him before it was taken away. I don't think, I don't think Very it was ever agreed. officially taken away from him. No. And I'm not even, like, the biggest Doug hater, but, like, and I think he could have stayed on as coach. But, but like, he can't call plays. Not in a capacity where he was calling plays. Um, That just was not practical. I wonder if that's just a thing that more coaches are like, well, let's hire a defensive guy because the defensive guy is probably not going to, he's not going to call defensive plays. He's got too much going on, I would yeah. think, at least. Yeah, I mean, it goes, it's. I don't know. How does that work? Do defensive head coaches call plays? On I would imagine stuff? they game plan and scheme. Yeah, and call yeah of plays. course. But like, they, I, I would imagine they call, you, some of them do. Yeah. It all depends on the head coach because Harbaugh doesn't always call his own plays. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's not a defensive head coach, but just thinking of another offensive guy. Like, I'm looking at, um, all the head coaches right now in the playoffs, so, okay, McVay, offensive head coach, calls his own plays. Mm-hmm. LeFleur for the Packers, offensive head coach, calls his own plays. Um, Stefanski for the Browns, offensive head coach. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't I, know about that. But, but I don't think he calls all I, of his I, own plays. I, I want to say he does not also. Andy Reid, offensive head coach, calls most of his mm-hmm. plays. Because he has said before that um, Bellamy – he. He does have a a habit of conveniently yeah. making these things public when his friends are trying to get yeah, jobs. jobs. Yeah, <laughs> but I hear you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you when you when you grab that sample size, though, I do think it's a little skewed because you're also taking the four best quarterbacks in the league or three of the best quarterbacks in the league. Okay. Be- because you know what I'm saying there. Yeah, like It's yeah. a little bit different when you got more. It is. I think you it's, don't have Aaron Rodgers to rely on out there. Yeah. I mean, and you could go to like same thing as you know. Tampa and New Orleans. Like, Bruce Arians calls most of his plays, and Mm -hmm. Sean Payne calls most of his plays. Mm -hmm. But, like, and, you know, we were Aaron Rodgers' example. Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze are all quarterbacks that pretty much have free reign to call a play when they want to call a Mm -hmm. play. Yeah, absolutely. They're almost – it's the old uh, Peyton Manning adage that the reason Peyton won five MVPs was because he was his own offensive coordinator. absolutely. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a – it'll be an interesting thing to see how that goes, though. Because I know last year the talk was, why would you hold, why would you ever hire a defensive coach? And now we're seeing the, seeing the opposite. I mean, and when I say that was the opinion, that was the hot take opinion by yeah, every I don't radio host. Yeah, because everyone's um, like, oh, you see all these – like LaFleur, McVay, Shanahan. You see all these young guys with innovative offenses. That doesn't come around all the time. By no. the way, nothing against LaFleur. I think he's done a great job with Rodgers. But uh, I definitely wouldn't say Green Bay has an innovative offense. No, I don't think so either. It's a, it's a very good offensive scheme that Rodgers happens to be brilliant in because he's Aaron Rodgers. But like, like the Rams, that's an offensive scheme that you haven't seen before. The 49ers, that's an offensive scheme you haven't seen before. Yeah, if the Packers were doing what they're doing now five years ago, that would have been innovative. But now it's already gone past that level exactly. considerably. So, I yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's a great young coach. But... Uh, well, I think he's a really solid young coach. I don't know. I, think I don't he, know too much. It's still still early, but well, his and his younger brother's getting looked at for the birds. They're talking oh, yeah. about if they hire they hire a defensive head coach or someone like Deuce. They want to bring in a coordinator, and he's kind of the name that's getting thrown around. I think is I think it's Mike Lafleur. Which, by the way, Matt Lafleur. Yeah, Matt Lafleur is the Green Bay coach. Can we stop naming? Um, I've really been annoyed with this as a Sixers fan. Can we stop naming kids? basically the same name like i'm yeah. never gonna name my kid like like my name's tyler my sister's name is sophia if sophia's name was taylor i'd have shot my brains out like i and i run into this every game because my oh dude you're gonna love this i'm totally going off topic now but my sister my sister is a riot she's a nut and the other night we're watching the game and uh like a week or two ago the sixers game and we have seth curry now but she struggles to differentiate between Seth and Steph, mm-hmm. which has really annoyed me because it's like, how are you going to name one kid Steph, the other Seth, and one's like one of the greatest basketball players of all time, and the other one's just a really good shooter? Uh-huh. Like, that sucks. Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, you obviously don't know that when you're kids, uh-huh. but like maybe differentiate a little bit in case something like that happens. Just thinking, especially when your dad was a, one of the better shooters of your uh-huh. time. So there's that. But we're watching the game the other night. This is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. She goes, oh, Dr. Howard's having a good game tonight. And I'm like, what? Thinking she means like Dwight Howard. Yeah. And she goes, I'm like, you talking about Dwight Howard? She goes, no, the coach. And I'm like, the coach? Oh, she goes, oh, my bad, Dr. Harris. And I'm like, first of all, our coach's name isn't Dr. Harris. It's Doc Rivers. Uh-huh. And do and then I look at her and I'm like, do you think his name is Dr. <laughs> 
And she's like, yeah, it's Dr. Rivers. <laughs> I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's Doc. Well, his real name's Glenn, but yeah. I'm like, it's Doc. That's fucking hilarious. So we had a huge, it was pissing me off so much. And then my mom started calling him doctor. And then that's my, funny. Yeah. And you know, my dad, my yeah. dad's all pissed off watching the game. But once the game, like the Sixers have it in hand, he's like, Oh, doctor. That's funny. I'm like, Oh, it was really annoying me. Yeah. No, the, the, the doc thing is a hot topic in Philadelphia, especially if he has zoom off Mark zoom off. Um, that's funny though, man. I can, I can imagine here's a history nugget. Okay, mm-hmm. throw it out there. So the Roman uh, Roman Republic, it's funny ass thing, especially if you try to read the history. Everybody within the same family had the same name. So okay. for Julius Caesar, every single male in his family going back hundreds of years was either named Ju- uh, Gaius Julius Caesar or Lucius Julius Caesar. And everyone, every single woman in his entire extended family was just named Julius Caesar. That's how they did names back then. This is, Isn't that um, fucked up? That is not only so fucked up, but it has definitely worked its way into Italian culture heavily. Uh-huh. Because, like I had told you, um, one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, I got to rewatch it the other night for the first time in years, Goodfellas. And yeah. there's that scene in Goodfellas when Leota brings home the girl for the first time to meet the mob family. And she's like... Everyone was either named Marie yeah. or, or something else, like these ridiculous names. Uh-huh. And it's there's this um, constant trend in my family where my mom's name kept getting passed down. So my yeah, grandmother, yeah, I've heard this yeah story. you heard the story. My grandmother's name, um, uh, rest her soul, was Antoinette. Um, when my grandmother was giving birth to my mother, her mother fucking like twisted the knife and was like, Hey, I'm dying. You need to name your daughter after me because they were both Antoinette. And she was like, okay, I'll do it. And it was because it was my grandmother's last daughter. She had already given birth to my uncle Jack and my aunt Michelle. And then my mom came along. Mm -hmm. So my mom's name is Antoinette. Now everyone calls my mom, Tony. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but Antoinette Marie, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward 20 some years later, my great grandmother is still alive and then tries to play this. That's by far the best part of this. Oh, story. that's the best part. She then tries to tell my mom to do the same thing and uh-huh. name her daughter Antoinette after her because she's dying. And my mom says, no, I'm not going to let you do this to me. You did it to my mom. Uh, so my sister's name, uh, they agreed. They compromised on Sophia Antoinette. So my sister's middle name is Antoinette. Uh, the worst part about this is my great grandmother died like a year or two later. She uh-huh. was, she actually predicted it this time. <laughs> that's too that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. It's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, quite the story. Um, just for you know reference, I will never name my kid Tyler. Yeah, no, my my dad. I I, I got the. I'm not a junior, but I have the same first name as my dad. It's a pain yeah. in the ass, uh, especially because they decided to call me my middle name for no reason. So. Yeah, how does that work? It's a huge pain in my ass on a, not a daily basis, but anytime something new happens, we're like, new class, new job. It's a huge pain in the ass. I could never imagine if people called me by my middle name. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, uh, it's funny too, because like some shit, like I just, I, I like, I'm, I'm good to answer to Chris if I, it's not a long term thing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I'm in a class that I don't give a shit about, just call me Chris. I'll, I'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think what people call me. People call me Tyler, Lighty. Lighty mostly. Yeah, Lighty. Most people call me Lighty. If you've known me in high school, you call me Lighty. Mm-hmm. If you knew me in college, you call me Tyler. A lot of people call me Ty, which came up the other weekend. Um, our friend Liz's sister Lauren has a boyfriend named Sam. Sorry, I just went through like eight people there, <laughs> and he asked if he could call me Ty, and I was like, I don't know if I want it's you weird to from dudes. call me Ty. It's <laughs> weird. But from then dudes. I asked Sam Thomas was over our other friend Sam, and she was like. I call you Ty. And yeah. I was like, yeah, but like, I don't know. I've said it before. Like Haley know. calls me Ty. I say it when I'm in a rush, I had a teacher call me Ty once like an old, uh, nice guy. But then I was like, all right, yeah, I guess. But I was, I've either been called Tyler or, or lighty and Ty occasionally. No one's ever called me Brenton. That's your middle That's name. That's my middle name. Brenton. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah. This is my, uh, cause my grandfather. Breaking so news. Yeah, breaking news. My middle name goes down in my family a couple generations. So, like, my dad's middle name is John Brent. My yeah. dad's John Brenton Jr. Yeah. His dad was John Brenton Sr. I'm so glad I didn't turn it out as a junior, though. Yeah. That would have just changed my whole personality, junior? I think. You um, remind me of, uh, every time I hear junior, I think of Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, me, me too. 
which is not what you want to think when somebody thinks of what you know you get called. No I mean, offense to all the juniors out there. There's plenty of you, I'm sure. The way you started that sentence was, I was like, oh, this is going to get real Semitic. You, like, <laughs> leaned out junior. Yeah. Like, really hard. I was like, where is this going? Uh, all right, where were we? Baltimore, Buffalo. We got very off track there because we started talking about coaching hires. But, um, I mean, just real quick on Buffalo, Baltimore, uh, because we've taken up a lot of time because we got caught on coaching hires and then stories. And this has already been a 40-minute podcast, and we want to try and keep it under an hour. Uh, you're going to look at a heavy running game tonight. A lot of quarterback running. Um, I'd say between Lamar and Josh Allen, you're looking at 150 rushing yards plus between the two of them. I bet you both of them probably score a touchdown. At least Lamar will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see J.K. Dobbins have a big game tonight. I like it. The rookie spotlight running back. I like it. Yeah, no, I mean... And I, bet you, and I bet you Hollywood see, uh, Brown has a big play once he gets off of Tredavious White, who's a very talented corner there in Buffalo. You see they uh, deactivated Ingram? Yeah. Interesting. I I'm mean, not surprised I don't think that. it's a big move at all, but still interesting for a guy who's been kind of a staple in the league. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. Um, he seemed to be cool with it, though. I think he might have tweeted something about it. Yeah, I think he knows it's his it's body's kind of – Those ground and pound runners can only – last so long he's kind of old too for a guy like that i mean he's been in the league for because kamara has been in the league for how long and kamara took his spot kamara's been in the league four years so seven years is like a solid solid career for ground and pound when he wasn't just he was fucking ground and yeah like there was no easy going with him do you know what i mean yeah absolutely 2011 yeah wow I was just about to say, you know, his career has to be near a decade yeah. because when he was at the Alabama game the year Derrick Henry <laughs> oh, won yeah, the Heisman, yeah, yeah, yeah. he had been in the league like three, four years yeah, at that point. True. And Derrick Henry's been in the league four years. Yeah, that's crazy. Four or five years. So, I mean. It's time has come. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Mark Ingram. <laughs> but um, Ravens are two and a half point underdogs. This is a tough game to bet. I think if you're going to bet it, try and stick to over-unders or touchdown bets. But I think the Ravens are going to win tonight. I don't think the Ravens... I think next week you're looking at uh, Saints, Packers, Chiefs, Ravens. And I think you're looking at a Chiefs, Packers, Super Bowl, two of the best to ever do it, facing off. I'd be quite happy with that turnout, let me tell you. I really think... um, I think it's going to be good. Because I think Lamar and Mahomes are going to be the two premier quarterbacks for a while in the league just because their styles are so innovative and new. Like, Mm -hmm. we've never seen anything. Like, you can say you've seen mobile quarterbacks, and the closest thing to Lamar is Vic, but you've never seen Lamar. Yeah, no, I mean, also when you compare somebody to Vic, you're comparing to, like, the the literally most unique player in the history of the NFL. NFL. (laughs) Um, And then you're looking at Mahomes, who is the most innovative quarterback maybe ever Yeah, with how he plays the game and how he throws the ball. Uh-huh. And then on the other side, you're looking at two of the three, four biggest staples in the last two decades. You're looking at two of the top five quarterbacks of all time. I mean, when you really think about it, like Aaron Rodgers is going to end up as a top five quarterback. Brady's a top five quarterback. Man- Peyton Manning's a top five quarterback. And Drew Brees, in my opinion, is right on that list as right outside, right inside top five guy. And the only other guy I think you can put around there is Montana. Um, maybe Marino and Elway kind of, but I, I think they're better. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough. I feel like you kind of can't leave Montana off the list, especially if you're bringing Brady on the list. Cause it's kind of the same principle. I would say Brady is a mixture of accolades and talent. You know, my thoughts. I don't think Tom Brady's anywhere near, like, if I had a game and I needed a quarterback, I don't even think Brady would be on my five quarterbacks I would call to be behind center. And that's not a knock on Brady. It sounds like it, and I'm not his biggest fan, but, like, I would rather have many other quarterbacks before I would rather have Tom Brady. Yeah, I agree with you, but if you put the team with a great defense, a solid run game, and some short yardage receivers, how about <laughs> oh, that? Oh, yeah, six how about championship. That? How about that? Does that change your opinion? Seriously, though, like if you if you need a quarterback not to win you the game, to I mean, I know we're talking not about the greatest. Not to lose you the game. Like, 
he might be the best ever at that. <laughs> he is no, he is the best. Like, and this is which the, isn't the same. This sounds tier, like but... the biggest knock ever, yeah. but he is the best system quarterback ever because yeah. he actually happens to he happens to be a great quarterback who becomes amazing within a system. And like people uh, talk about stuff like that, like it's just a given. Like that's what happens. You have to do. There are a lot of quarterbacks who could have had the exact same skills, body, mind as Tom Brady and simply not have been able to take the fact that he was asked to be dink and dunk for most of his career. For his whole career. And, you know, clearly the, you know, under Bill Belichick's, you know, umbrella. Like that could have bothered a lot of And you see he has the talent. Because I mean, like, even this year, like he was throwing the ball fucking willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Now you're throwing the ball to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, you know, Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, but you're, he's still throwing up bombs. Yeah. I mean, the one time he had a true stud wide receiver for a whole season, he broke the fucking record for touchdowns with Randy Moss. Yeah, and that was the first year that they weren't just throwing the ball down. They were yeah. giving it chances. Absolutely. So that's what you're looking at this weekend. If you want to put money down on it, let's say Green Bay wins, Saints win, Baltimore upset win, and the Chiefs win. Sounds good to me. All right, let's get on to a little basketball real quick. Uh, how are we looking time-wise? 45 minutes. 45? All right, let's try and get – there's not a ton Rapid of basketball fire. news. Just some moves, some minimal moves. Yeah, really. let's go – Um, yeah, really minimal. Um, Biggest thing you will see is James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets for a – I don't even want to say King's Ransom. For I – don't, I don't even have anything to say for it. The whole fucking team. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, they gave up fucking four first-round draft picks, three first-round swaps, uh, Jared Allen, who was easily their best big man, and Karis LeVert, who, nothing against Kyrie Irving. I think people think I have a problem with Kyrie. He's a very talented player. But LeVert shows up every night and um, does pretty much the same statistical uh, shit that Kyrie does, in theory. Um, he plays very good ball. And because they're missing Dinwiddie for the rest of the year, Levert's a huge loss. The Nets have practically no bench now. They're going to be reliant on Joe Harris as the only, like, bench um, slash starter. Like, in that weird six-man role, but you're not a six-man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. like... Kinda like- <laughs> they tweeted out a possible starting lineup of the, 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 the Nets, and uh-huh. Mina Kimes quote tweeted it. And it was like, I bet Joe Harris is as surprised as we are to see him on this list. <laughs> yeah, Joe Harris isn't really a – he's one of the better players on that team, but he's not really a starter. Kind of like um, like Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Like, you know Montrez Harrell is one of the best five players on that Lakers team, but he doesn't start. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, uh, here's my plan for them if I'm the head coach, and uh, this would never work. And no one So you're Steve him. Nash. Well, timeout. <laughs> yeah, now that James Harden's there, James him. Harden can coach the team. <laughs> Kyrie can coach the team. That's why Kyrie's taking a week off, actually. Yeah, I know. You're getting his head right. Um, (laughs) This is what I say they do. Instead of, like, you know, doing the normal thing, everybody starts, everybody starts the second half, everybody finishes the game. Nah, fuck that. (laughs) You put at least one of them out at all times. They all only play, like, 17 minutes a game. And you just feed the one player the whole game. You just try to abuse the time when the other teams... You get KD out there when the other team has to set their starters. That way you always got one of those fuckers again. You just try to win the games while the other team's on the bench. Because you got more stars. And the thing about their star power... It's kind of I'm, I'm joking, but also like no, I serious. do think there is a, I, a way you can work this because this is uh, the like the first big three that I feel like we've seen where every player can play. Like Clay Thompson's a fucking amazing player, but he's not a guy who can. He's carry not a the, primary he, ball yeah, handler he can't or, be the or guy. a primary scorer. Yeah, he can't be he's the, just a great the main focus on the on the team. You can run three different rosters out there with the main focus being three different guys, and like. They can they can run that. They can be productive all on their own, all three of those guys. Their biggest problem will be, though, KD, because of their lack of depth at power forward and center, mm-hmm. KD needs to be on the floor at all times. Yeah, no, I hear That you. will be the death of that plan. Because as I was listening to that, like if you played Durant 25 minutes a game, Harden 25 minutes a game, Kyrie 25 minutes a game, and you ran the offense specifically through the guy on the floor – and obviously, they all play the last eight minutes together. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
and you can keep one of them on the court the entire time. So you're never like we saw when like LeBron left uh, would, would sit out with like when Kyrie was out there, like he could make it work for a little bit for short spurts all by himself. It was like the long term that was. The yeah, problem. LeBron made it work for years by himself. No, but I mean, I'm like kidding, when I'm LeBron kidding, would yeah. sit out like Ky- Kyrie could hold his own for periods of time. Well, uh, because Kyrie and this is I, as much as I will talk shit on Kyrie. Kyrie is one of the best point creators Mm -hmm. in history he off of the dribble uh he can get pretty much anywhere he can create a shot from almost anywhere on the floor he has a layup package as deep as anyone in the nba currently he same and this and this is what's crazy it goes for all three of them like if you told me name the best five shot creators in the nba katie's in there harden's in there and and Kyrie's like outside looking in. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, but definitely, uh, definitely right there. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I I do seriously think that that's something they have to be uh, like taking advantage of because you don't have a, a deep lineup and you can't play all three of them the whole fucking game. So I think those matchups is going to be super important, especially to make this regular season just like endurable. As far as you know, KD coming off an injury. Um, uh, you know, Harden clearly not being in the greatest shape. Like, I do yeah. think that... Which, by the way, if no one saw his uh, first yeah, interview with the out. Nets, check it out. The guy asked him, do you feel like you're in good shape? And he uh, laughed. He clearly saw the... the in his tweet. face. The memes. He saw the memes. He did give an answer. He did say yes. But he, he went... But, but <laughs> he had, he had, yes. He had a big smile on his face. Yeah, it is fucking hilarious. What was the other question he got asked? Uh, he got asked another one. It was it might have been a team chemistry question. He actually started like dying of laughter. Yeah, I forget what it was. Oh, they asked him if he thought it was repairable, and he said no. Like with Houston. No, that was the other interview. He said uh, a different one. Let me see. I think I have it saved. But all right, I'm gonna ask you a quick question then. So with the Nets edition, uh, who were your top three teams in the East? I'm ranked in order. I mean, the Bucks looked like dog shit last night. Uh, I guess you got to go probably Sixers, Nets. And then uh, Miami. I I don't know. Miami's your three? Maybe. I think so. I mean, yeah, Boston doesn't do it for me. Milwaukee's just like after the end of last season and how they've started this, like I have a lot less confidence. Okay, so – the other day on 97.5, Mike Missinelli kept saying um, how the Sixers, now because of this Harden trade, won't be able to beat the Nets and they can't beat Milwaukee, the Nets which is a lie. Yeah, the, the Nets don't seem unbeatable no, to me. No, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, I do think right now, if you, if you had to ask me what's the best team in the East, it's the Nets. Yeah. And I'll give the Nets one. But the Sixers are two, and I'm going to put the Bucks at three right now just because... Miami, who my Boston, I need to see a little bit more longevity because Tatum and especially Jalen Brown's taking a huge jump this year. He's taking the jump. I think they thought he was going to take a year or two ago, and he's really impressed me. But I need to see some more paint scoring out of them to really trust them. Perimeter can't get it done. Even in today's NBA, you need a little depth in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, And Miami, they've been more affected by COVID than any team um, losing Butler and uh, bam, in two big games against the Sixers, and uh, they had a couple games against Boston postponed. They're just kind of like out of rhythm right now. Um, but Tyler Hero looks amazing, as you know we thought he would after his great playoff performances. But when you look at the Nets and Sixers matching up, okay, no one on that Nets team is going to be able to guard Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And I trust Ben Simmons' defense enough. That he's not going to put Clam. I imagine he'll guard Harden or KD. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think KD because of the length. Yeah. I would agree, and I don't think he's going to put clamps on either of them. But I do think he could hold KD to under twenty five twenty. Yeah. Oh my gosh! There's like a crying kid running that by the window. Jeez. Headphones. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Sorry about it's that. So loud. Oh. He's complaining. <laughs> he his mom won't get him ice cream. Wow, that's weak. That's weak sauce. And I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um. Yeah, no, so I figured, yeah, you got to have uh, him on hard, Ben on hard, or, or KD. And I imagine, like you said, Ben's going to be on KD because of length. Yeah. 
I mean, I could even see like Maxwell on Kyrie. I don't know how how's Maxwell on D. He's solid. He's quick as fuck. That's what he it is, is I really say. solid. It seems like though he lacks. Yeah, the discipline. Discipline and something that Matisse has. Just that fight. That it, it's it's that yeah. dog. It's like I'm not gonna let you get yeah, by me. No, like Maxie's almost like, oh, my speed and athletic ability can make up for it. Yeah. He's actually solid on defense. He's not Ben or Joe, yeah. but like right now, expect. also currently. The Sixers do have the third best record uh, in the East at nine and four. Milwaukee is also nine and four. The Celtics are eight and three, um, but they haven't played the uh, strength of schedule that um, the other teams have. Uh, the Pacers are also eight and four. Um, Sabonis having a really good year down there. A little uh, dark horse MVP. Yeah, no, I think they're always a team that could uh, could give some trouble. Yeah, and then, so right now, Brooklyn is 7-6. and six. They're uh, also in the fifth seed. So it'll be interesting to see how that all finishes up. But when you switch to the West, this is where it gets interesting because I think we all know the top two teams in the West are the Lakers and then the Clippers in that order. I do, I do think the Lakers are still the best team in the NBA at this exact moment, even with Harden on the Nets. How crazy is it how quick the West is cleared out when yeah. LeBron moves over there? And I know it's not just because LeBron is just as much because the Warriors, but yeah. still. But notice, notice that, like, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking that the other day. But, like, the West still arguably has the two best teams in the league. Yeah, but it's all consolidated into those two teams, really. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, Utah's got a, a kind of solid roster. Yeah, true. Utah Phoenix does. has a solid roster. But they're young. They're not competing. Yeah. Phoenix, I- Phoenix won't compete, but they're good. Uh, Portland, you got Damon CJ. Not good enough to compete, but maybe the best backcourt in the league. Mm-hmm. Um. Dallas is solid. Yeah. Denver solid. Team that could push. And Golden State's solid. Yeah. I mean, the West is still tough. It's, it's just tough. funny it's to just watch. It's like we've seen a lot of guys make that move. It's funny, yeah. When you And when you read down this list, like Donovan Mitchell isn't a guy that's going to run from the fight. Devin Booker, not a guy that's going to run. Damian Lillard, not a guy that's going to run. Uh, I, can see, I can see Devin Booker moving. I could, but I do think he's got some loyalty there. Yeah. I think he would have already asked to be traded, to True. be honest. Like, all these guys that run from LeBron are the guys that, like, should be leading teams. Yeah. Like, nothing against... I think Damian Lillard's one of the best players in the league, but Harden's a better player than Dame. Nothing against Dame. But why is Harden the one that's going away to get a ring rather than Dame? Like, what's that say about you? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big you-shouldn't-chase-rings guy, especially the NBA. I think you can chase rings once you're not a starter. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. I have trouble... That letting that bother me. Um, I had a problem when LeBron went to. The only reason I didn't have a huge problem when LeBron went to chase a ring uh, in Miami was because I had seen him take a Cleveland team to the finals yeah, with I mean, nobody. He literally had to. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there, but like, Harden had teams that were in the conference yeah. finals. Uh, KD got a ring, but the year before he got the ring was a game away. From yeah. the conference, from the championships. Finals, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely an argument on both sides. It's just not something that personally bothers me too much. Well, it should. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, I'll ask you the same question, and that will be our last basketball thing. Uh, what do you think? Who do you think the third best team in the West is after Lakers Clippers? Uh, probably the Mavs. Am I am I tripping? I mean, I don't think it, you're tripping. Goes, I wasn't impressed by them last night. We watched yeah, that I wasn't Dallas impressed Milwaukee with them last game, night, but, but I also wasn't impressed by Milwaukee last yeah. night. That last four minutes was some of the most brutal basketball I've ever seen played. Yeah, and Milwaukee's problems seem to be more real. Dallas seemed to be just off. And Porzingis also stupid, just came yeah, back healthy. Stupid shots and shit. So yeah, they just um, didn't. They seemed didn't seem quite as uh, frazzled. Yeah, because Luca was really. This is what surprised me about last night's game. Luca was really solid down the stretch, and when I got time. To you know, give the ball to your best player. They didn't get the ball to him. It was just weird. Um, I, I would say the Mavs, um, as potential wise, I think Phoenix deserves some say there, and I think Portland deserves some say there. So, um, if I had to predict who will finish third in the West, hmm. I'll guess. I'm going to guess they've started out rough, but I think Denver's going to get it together. And I, I think Denver solid. will finish yeah. third in the West. I could see them, the Mavs. I could see I could see Utah sneaking in there. Utah's got it. They're, they're, they're a solid-ass team. That's a regular season team. Yeah. And don't they – do they have 
Bogdanovich now? I don't think so. No, like he he rejected the trade. Yeah, there, something right? weird like that. Or there might have been another part of the deal that fell through from like a physical or something. I don't remember. I'm looking up right now where he's at. Oh no, yeah, he's in Atlanta. What am I saying? Yeah, he rejected the trade there and got to Atlanta. Right. Or like something fell apart. I can't yeah. remember what it was. All right. So that's enough basketball for today. Uh I'll let kind of Nate take the lead on some Oh, what you're pointing. Was the Bogdanovich try trade the one where they thought they were talking about the other Bogdanovich? Didn't that happen like a year or two ago? Yeah, but that happened that wasn't with the same um, one. It wasn't even Bogdanovich. It was um Bridges. Ah, uh, that shit was funny as fuck though. Bridges. <laughs> we talked about that Bridges. Nah, you're right. That definitely wasn't the one. Yeah. Uh whatever you're going to say, I don't know where. Yeah, you're no, going. I wanted to um talk a little bit on hockey, what we should be looking for uh this season, some guys to look out for, but uh I figured I'd let you take the lead cuz you're much Yeah, totally. better well-versed than I am. I mean, all I know is after two games um, I was saying coming into the year that the Flyers have enough depth to win a Stanley Cup. And after watching them absolutely mollywop the Penguins in two games, um, I definitely have faith in them. And it's going to get chippy this year, as you've said repeatedly. Yeah, no, so it's going to be a really interesting season. Obviously, the, the Flyers are 2-0. and um, They beat both against the Penguins. But this is going to be a really weird and different season for hockey because – they're trying to keep everything so tight that every game you play is going to be two either home games or away games in a row against the same team. And you're pretty much, I think you're actually only playing your division teams. So it's going to be really crazy by the end of the season. I mean, hockey gets so, so damn mean um, when you play the same teams. Like the playoff series gets so crazy. Um, so I guess I'll just grab a team from every division. I mean, the the, the central, we got the, the lightning coming back. Uh, yeah, dominant team. There. Yeah, dominant. They, they got, Aren't they missing Kucherov, though? Is he out for the season? Kucherov, I don't know if he's out. For, I don't think he's out for the season. He may be out now, but I know most for, for the most part, they didn't lose too many guys from the team last yeah. year. And they still have, like... Congrats, by the way. Yeah, they got a lot of guys like Braden Point that are still on their yeah, rookie that contract kid's, yeah. that are, like, fucking ridiculous. Um, kids are fucking ridiculous. That he's division, I, I could see the Preds or the Stars making a little push there. The Flyers division, you could say that's going to be the toughest division in hockey. Yeah, uh, Isles, Rangers, Penguins. I mean, that's just stacked. You got Caps, too, Bruins. Um, my, my biggest worry would probably be Bruins, Caps. Um, Islanders could be that team that takes that real next step and becomes the, that level. And then Rangers, same thing. They're a young team that are, are really good. Penguins the opposite, but they still have Sidney Crosby and Malkin, yeah. so like they can always make the playoffs and yeah. win the Stanley Cup. I mean, as we saw last year with the Isles in the playoffs firsthand, that defense is no fucking joke. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and extremely well coached. And, uh, you know, just seems like uh, that's an organization that was a dog shit organization like five years ago that really, really turned itself around quickly. Funny enough, I've never – seen a hockey game at Wells Fargo. I have only ever seen a hockey game at the Nassau Coliseum, um, and they've all been Islanders games. Yeah. Two of them, they played the Flyers. The other two, they played other teams. I'm not, I'm not an Isles fan. I grew. I went to yeah. college literally a couple hundred yards from the stadium. Do, do they still play there now? I know they left, and then so they came back. They left when I had gotten there my freshman year. So 2016 and 2017, they left, they uh, went to Brooklyn. And then came back. So my junior year, my senior year, they were there. Actually, one game my senior year, I went there and we, uh, you know, had a really good time. And we had to like walk home, and it was like freezing out. It was, uh, and we, um, that's cool. We, we, it was it was really fun yeah. until like we walked by McDonald's and the McDonald's was getting robbed. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, which is like the funniest thing yeah. because um, the dude ran out of the McDonald's with a bag of cash and three McChickens. Yeah. So, you know, a haul. I, my biggest question is, did he steal the McChickens or did he pay for them? But yeah, that's um, too funny. It was definitely a cool environment up there. Yeah. They really no. love them. They don't want, they're building a new, a whole new like arena there for them. That's why they agreed to come back to the Coliseum. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's a small fan base, but it's a really good fan base loyal. from what I've heard. Very yeah. loyal. Um, it Hate sucks Flyers that, fans. Yeah, it sucks they've kind of been treated like shit by their city. But, uh, yeah, no, they are definitely a team that should be, should be, should be on their way up. Um, yeah, and then I, I guess bang out the other two divisions. They're not doing conferences this year, I don't think. It's just straight up four divisions. Is that, that they, what it is? They've yeah. realigned four divisions just for this year to make it the most geographically sound. Other than St. Louis which is for some reason on the Western in the West division. Why is that not in the Midwest? 
Or no, maybe, Central. Yeah, Central. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, I think the Blues have made a. St- there are teams occasionally make a stink about moving divisions because it happens a lot more in hockey. Oh, so like it might have been punishment because they made them get moved a couple years ago. But uh, the West Division, we got Golden Knights. You know, they're that steady veteran team still riding off their 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 draft a couple years ago with uh when they when they became a team. You got the Avalanche, which are like kind of the team to watch in this division as far as star power. Nathan McKinnon. They they beat. Was it last night? I told you that that the I think it was. Oh the yeah, Avalanche they put up eight goals last night. That beat the Blues eight to nothing. Yeah. No, they. Uh, um. They uh they they're they're absolutely they're, they're poised to win an actual cup. They they went really deep last year, if I remember correctly, but did not get it done. But yeah, they they, they, they will win one at some point, probably soon. They they are deep and have one of. Probably the second best young player in the league. Probably the second best player in the league at this point, McKinnon. Um, I could stop probably putting Crosby at the top. Mm. And uh, he's just old. Yeah, and then the North, we kind of have a shit division other than uh, – we got we got a couple couple flying teams. We got Maple Leafs and the Oilers are like the two that will be – everybody should be watching. The, the, the young studs. Um, what's his name? Connor David had, had – uh, uh, I want to say triple double hat trick the other night. Connect me with his first hat trick last night. Also, yeah, beautiful. That's a big, big deal. And then the the Flames are a team that's always teetering. Um, you know, they should probably blow it up. Calgary. But, yeah, they should probably have blown it up. But like, it's it's also a team that like you know it could you know limp its way into the playoffs and make a run. Especially yeah, hockey's hockey. always very interesting because it's a lot different than like. Like, the MLB baseball is a really good example of this. You don't want to go into baseball with a shitty team. Mm -hmm. Like, you either need to go into the baseball playoffs with a solid team or a hot team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some element of the game that can be Yeah, if you kind of, like, trip into the playoffs, you you have no chance. In hockey, you can trip in and just kind of... Yeah, find the right depth and, and get your lines together and, and make a really special run. Yeah, there's also the goalie fact that like there's no other sport where a goalie plays that big of a role really, yeah. and like the the way that goalies can get hot like doesn't even make sense. I mean, we saw it last <laughs> night. Carter Hart gave up two goals in, yeah. in the blink of an eye. Yeah, that um, both both were savable. Yeah, and then for the rest of the game, absolutely just everywhere was a brick wall. Yeah, no, it's it's so psychological when it comes to goalies. So, yeah, it, it just it, – it's such a wild card yeah, in the best way. All right, well, that's a little hockey preview with Absolutely. Uh, producer Nate. Absolutely. I think we're about wrapped up. This ran long. What are we at? Almost hour 15. Yeah, 110. 110? All right. Well, we will let you guys go. Um, I don't know if we're going to be back next week. Prob- I, I assume not. Probably not, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Maybe something short. Um, after that, we should be getting back to every week. Um, for now, we might do every other week while we're finishing up yeah. filming. That sounds um, good to me. Yeah, thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed us coming back. This was the After Overtime Podcast. See you guys. Deuces.